0: Good morning again. How's everybody doing? Good. Good to see you guys. Good to see your smiling faces. Glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Uh, really quickly, just wanted to um, share uh, something with you. Um, first of all, like that, that women's conference that's coming up, if you're a lady in the room, like it's going to be really good. go. Um, they're, they're always really good. It's, it's, another, it's another avenue. It's another way for us to get in the presence of God and know him more. So um, if you're a lady, sign up for that. Though I, I do, I will say this. I have some mixed feelings about these women's conferences. Now, that might be like, what on earth are you talking about, Ryan? Well, every time my wife goes to a women's conference, something happens. Can you throw up that slide for me, John? John? Robin is going to have a baby. We are pregnant. And it happened after the last women's conference she went to, which that has been how all of our kids have been conceived after a women's conference. So, um,. By the way, worst kept secret in the world, because I don't know how to use social media. So some of you already knew this was coming. So um, we're really excited. Uh, Baby Martinez is coming August 23, and um, we're just, we're really excited. Though I can't get out of my head that when this kid ends up graduating, I'm gonna be almost 60. So didn't plan on that, but um still a blessing so we're really excited pray for us we need all the prayers we can get so everything's going well so far happy healthy mom happy healthy baby so far so keep us in your prayers um, this morning, we are in for a treat because we have a guest speaker. Um, I, he's a, a new friend. Um, he's a friend of one of my closest friends and got to uh, meet him in person last night for the first time. I've had a few conversations with him over the phone and through email and just getting to know him. He's awesome. He's an awesome man of God. Um, he's a, a staff pastor at a church in Fort Myers, Florida, and his heart is great gold guys so he's gonna help us continue in our series uh, the life you've always wanted today so give it up as he comes forward for Dan Stoffer.
1: come on that's uh that's a fun way to be introduced you know if your pastor's wife's having a baby and here's our guest speaker everybody so so grateful to uh, to be able to be with you, and I just want you to know, and, and you know this, like your pastors are awesome. They're amazing. They love you. They seek God for you. They pray for you. They sacrifice for you. Their heart is to see you growing, truly knowing God and just fulfilling the, the, the mission and the purpose of your church, and that uh, you are really, I, I get to travel around a lot. I'm in a lot of churches, and uh, I don't necessarily introduce uh, and honor past, your, their pastors, maybe the way I'm doing this, just because they're amazing. Come on church, can you honor them? Can you thank God for them? Thank God for their love and their care for you. And uh, I um, am not here just by myself or on my own, um, I've got a beautiful family that uh, sends me out, allows me to go and do this. I've got a picture of them as well. I've got my wife Stephanie. We will be married 28 years in May. I know I don't. That can't be possible. She doesn't look a day over 28, uh, but uh, she's actually she's right beside me. She's actually older than I am. Believe it or not, women are allowed to do a lot of stuff to you know, which we just can't really get away. You can try it, just doesn't look awesome. So I'm uh, <laughs> so grateful for uh, my wife Stephanie, and then I've got a 24-year-old daughter Eden a 20-year-old daughter, Emma, who is engaged now. She'll be married on Cinco de Mayo. And uh, I knew I always liked Mexican food. This day is going to be super special. And then I've got a 17-year-old son, Grant, and uh, just grateful for them. Uh, My family, we planted a church in New Jersey in 2008. And um, soon after we planted the church, um, we met uh, my pastors, Pastors Matt and Sarah Keller of Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. I have a picture of them as well. Um, and we, they just began to pour into us. And, and the reason that they were able to do that and really care for us is they had planted, moved from small town Indiana, the only home they ever knew in, uh, in January of 2002, and to plant next level church in Fort Myers, Florida. So this May, um, our church will be 21 years old, but in the early days, in a, in a scenario very much like this, portable, uh, just trying to just grind it out, keep going. Um, they were sitting on the edge of their bed Uh, in their small 800-square-foot apartment on the wrong side of town that they didn't even know was the wrong side of town. Tears running down their face, feeling alone, feeling hopeless, feeling clueless of how to lead a church. And their prayer to God that day was, God, if you let us live through this, and it was a big if, but if you let us live through this, we'll do whatever we can to make sure that no ministry couple ever has to feel the way that we feel right now. And that was the birth of the Next Level Relational Network, Um, just that prayer that day, uh, which is, uh, I have the privilege of being the pastor of that network. We have 139 churches uh, throughout the United States, Canada, and Serbia that are a part of our network, and we exist to pastor pastors so that they can lead healthy and high impact churches. And so we just pour into them and just grateful. Um, my pastors, Pastor Matt and Sarah, send their love. Uh, they love you guys, so grateful that you're in the family. And they're not just in the family, your entire church is in uh, in our family. And it's just, an, it's just a relational network. We're just doing life and ministry together and we'll share whatever we can share uh, just to help you again be healthy and high impact. So I'm grateful to be here and grateful to really continue on this series that we're in on spiritual disciplines. And today I'm gonna be talking about the discipline of worship. And I hope you'll take some notes, whether you've got paper or pen or a phone that you can pull out, as long as you promise not to uh, get on social media and text, Uh, we can pull out your phone and take some notes. Uh, But I want to just talk about worship as a whole. And uh, worship for me, when I think about worship, I call it one of the big threes. Uh, and the reason I do that is when, when, you, when you study Scripture, um, we know of, and there might be more, but we know of three what the Bible would call like an archangel. Um, and each one of them had like this specific focus. You've got, you've got Michael, the archangel. Michael, uh, he's, he's over prayer. Uh, we've got Gabriel, who we would say probably is, is, is over the Word or the Scripture or is bringing the Word of God. Um, and then we have Lucifer. Uh, who was over worship. The Bible actually says in Ezekiel 28 that he was the most beautiful uh, archangel or angel that had ever been created. Talks about how like literally music flowed through him. And not just music. Worship isn't just music, but what the music was designed to do was not to design or to draw attention to the one created, but was designed to draw this thanks and this this worship to the Creator. And where Lucifer got in trouble with this great gift and this great, just this beauty and this worship, this music that would flow out of him, he wanted to draw all of the attention to himself. And that's, and that's why he's gone. So we actually, as followers of Jesus, we took his job. Like, we have his job. We are now called to, to worship God. But again, it's what I would consider like one of the, the big things. And maybe When you think of what happened to to Lucifer, maybe this is why many of us, when it comes to worship, feel resisted, almost. Like, I would say, like, anybody, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, to open up your Bible, you can do that. You can open it up and begin to read. It's as easy as ever, even if you don't even have a physical Bible, you can download apps now, version Bible app is free, you can look at all of the different versions, like it's easy. I think prayer, like just kind of talking to God and asking for things, again, we can grow in, um, in our, what you might call like the, the discipline of prayer, absolutely, but we could. I think we can all just say, oh yeah, I can talk to God if I need something I'll ask, or, or whatever it might be. And again, we can grow in that discipline, but when it comes to worship, I think there's a disconnect because for many of us we think it has we have to be able to sing we have to have to worship god we have to you know we we've got to have this great voice we've got to be skillful at it but the early church knew the power of worship they knew the power of it if you open up your bible you want to read this with me we will have the verse on the screen but in acts chapter 13 we see this This scenario playing out where some of the early followers of Jesus were gathered together and they're seeking after God. And it says in verse one, it says, now in the church that we, that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. You might say this is some pastors, some church staff, some leaders. And I love this phrase. It says, as they ministered to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, I want you kind of, if you're underliner, if you'd like to underline in your Bible or highlight just that word minister, just look at that for a minute. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, they sent them away and I love this in verse 4. It doesn't say that the leader sent them away. It says that now being sent out by who? Say it with me, by the as a result of what their ministry to the Lord, worship to the Lord, they, they got some direction, they, they received some clarity, they got, there, there was a, the presence of God was there and the Holy Spirit began to speak to them. And as a result of that, the Holy Spirit was the one that sent them out. But this is as a result of ministering to the Lord. You see, a primary purpose of worship is to actually keep us in our Heavenly Father's presence, to keep us connected with God. You could say to keep us aware or even sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the primary purposes of worship. It's not just so that God wants to have us kind of, you know, dote on Him and, oh God, you're so amazing, which that, the, the primary part is that God wants, He wants you. He wants to be with you. You know, a lot of times we think, no, God wants something from us. No, he, he just wants you. God is desperate for a relationship with you. You need to know that God, He never turns His back on you, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. He did that to one person one time. His name was Jesus. And the reason that God had to forsake Jesus is Jesus literally became all of our sin on the cross. He became sin for us that we would be, come be made like him. We would be made righteous. He, Jesus became unrighteous on the cross so that you and I could walk in his righteousness. He wasn't like Santa Claus with a bag of all of our sins over his shoulder carrying our sin. He became your sin. And God. Is, that's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, everything that he did was a substitutionary act so that you and I wouldn't have to do it. And so God had to turn his back on Jesus, but he doesn't turn his back on us. God is constantly seeking you. He's constantly pursuing you. He's constantly looking at you. And if you don't see him looking at you, is it possible that you have turned your back on him or you have turned away from him? And the whole primary purpose of worship is to draw us into God's presence, to draw us closer to him. If we will draw near to him, He's going to he draws like it's this pull that begins to happen and that's what worship does. Luke described it what they were doing as ministering to the Lord. Not about him. This is this is the differentiating differentiating thing for me when it comes to worship. It wasn't about him but to him. It was to the Lord. About the, about the Lord singing about him, we, w- we might call that praise, which is awesome. Like it's powerful, it's declarative. We're talking about God. We did that a little bit in a couple of the songs that we were singing. But did you notice the difference, especially in that third song? When we shifted from singing uh, uh, about him t- to him, the shift that would begin to happen when we would begin to say, You are good. God, you are good. You're just, God, you're just so good. There's something happens even on the inside of us. Something happens, you could even almost say, in the atmosphere around us when we shift from just singing about God when we begin to sing to Him. And again, they're both important, but the difference, the difference is when it becomes intimate or you could say relational. You know, it would be, it would be, think about this for a minute, like it would be really weird if, what's your name? Kevin. Kevin, Kevin's a great guy. I mean, Kevin, he's just, you know, when, when Kevin, you know, he, when he wears that striped shirt, like, and he's got the beard, like, Kevin's really cool. Kevin's great. Like, that's weird. If it's just Kevin and I hanging out, talking, that's, that's weird, is it not? But something shifts when, man, Kevin, you're just a, you're an awesome guy. When you wear that striped shirt, man, I don't know, I just, I feel better about myself, and just, you're, like, you're a great guy. Your beard, like, I want my beard to be like, you're right, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin, I love you, man. Something changes, right? It does. It just something happens. Something's different because there's this there's this closeness that begins to happen. You, Kevin, begin to receive encouragement. It says that I mean, it's hard to even imagine that you and I could we can minister to the Lord like we could do something that that changes the atmosphere. That's what that's what's happening here. There's a power in it, and what happens is we begin to gain greater access and intimacy. And we begin to connect with God. I'm going to sing to Him. I'm going to talk to Him. I'm going to sing to Him. And it's, it is from our heart. Look at this verse, Ephesians chapter 5. I want to share this and then I'm going to give us just six things that you and I can do that could actually help us to minister to the Lord. Ephesians five eighteen. it's kind of the, toward the end of the 18th verse. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. Starts off with don't get drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled, or when you look in the original language, it actually means to be continually being filled. Because if if you've been a follower of Jesus for just even a short period of time, like it could be a week, and you had an encounter with God, and it was like, oh, I feel like I'm just so full of, so full of God. It's like after Thanksgiving dinner, like I can't eat, I'm just so full. How many of you have eaten since Thanksgiving? Come on, like all of us, right? It wasn't enough. Something happened to all of that food that we couldn't even eat one more bite. It's the same thing with the presence of God and an encounter with Him. We're filled, but we need to keep being filled. It's this continual thing that the Apostle Paul is telling the people that we're followers of Jesus in the church of Ephesus. You gotta keep filling up, filling up. And not even, how many of you have eaten since last Sunday? Right? Unless you're, unless you're fasting, like water only, like you probably ate something. Like, again, so. how many of you ate or drank spiritually on your own? Since that? Like, don't have to raise your hand. But one, one encounter, one moment with God, just it's, it's not enough to sustain us for the long haul. And worship actually brings us into this place where the Apostle Paul is telling them, he says, but be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that, Paul? How do I stay full? Speaking or singing to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Even this idea of like we're, we're together, we're doing this, even on our own, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Like there's a melody that begins to come up on the inside of us. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and then submitting to one another in the fear of God. Fear of God just, it just means honor or or worship to God. So the Apostle Paul, we see, we see him, the Apostle Paul in this encounter in the book, in Acts 13 and then we have him now giving direction to the church in Ephesus and I found just These aren't, it's not, you know, all the whole list, but just six thoughts of worship. Six thoughts about what does it mean to worship or to minister to the Lord. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It is an out loud expression. If you and I are going to grow in this discipline of worship, we're going to have to, we're going to have to engage our vocal cords at some point. It it is an out loud expression. Expression. You could say it's a, a known song. It could be songs that, like what we just did, or you could open up a, a music app on your on your phone, Spotify or, or Apple Music or whatever, and just find some worship. Or maybe you know you've got um, CDs. Remember CDs? Those those, those things. That, like remember the, like music somehow. I don't know how it happened, but now it just through the air somehow it happens. I don't know. But it could be a known song, but then he also talks about songs that just come from our heart, songs that are are flowing from our own spirit, that when we begin to do that, something changes on the inside of us. And there is a closeness with God, there's an intimacy with God, but it is an out loud expression. A psalm or a hymn, or it's a even a a, you might even say a a prophetic song that just begins to come out of of my own heart to the Lord. The second thing is this of, of, of just some thoughts on worship. First one, it's an out loud, expre- out loud expression, but the second one is this, that there's a musical or even you could say a singing expression. So it's not just out loud or vocal, but there's a musical or a singing expression. And I can hear some of us right now, they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm out, <laughs> right? I can't sing, so I guess I can't worship. Well, it reminds me of, of Jovi when uh, she was in a conversation with Buddy the Elf and she says, that she says to Buddy the Elf, he go, she says, thanks, but I don't sing. And what did Buddy the Elf say? Oh, it's easy. It's just like talking, except louder and longer. And you move your voice up and down. I'm singing. Here I am at church, and I'm singing. Right? We can all, it's just, it's just a little bit longer and a little bit louder. And you just move your voice. Like, we can all do it. It's, it's just recognizing, like, I don't have to, no one else is hearing this. That's one of the reasons that we actually have speakers and we have the music up, the band up. Thank God for your worship team, right? They're great. Like, we want that a little bit louder. You don't want to hear me. I don't want to hear you. We'll hear them and we'll just sing. And when we're by ourselves, we're able to step out and risk of like, God, I just want to, I just want to express my heart to you, God. I want to lift my voice to you. I want to, I want to worship you, God. I want to minister to you. So there's an, it's out loud. There is a musical part of it But here's the third one. It will always be heartfelt or spirit-filled. Heartfelt or spirit-filled. That's why I love when Pastor Ryan came up and he said, let's not just be lyrics that we're just saying. This isn't just something that we're just, everyone say this together, and that's worship. Honestly, it's not worship until our heart is engaged with it. It's, it's not worship unless it's flowing from our heart. And for many of us, that, that takes a lot of risk. It takes pushing through some insecurities, pushing through some inhibitions. But that's why God loves it so much. That's what draws him in when we're like, okay, God, forget it. I, I don't want to even think about me. God, I just want to think about you. God, I don't, even want, to, I don't want to hear me. I just want to hear you so God, I just begin to worship you. And you just begin to lift your voice like there's something that begins to happen when it's from our heart. And even though we are singing a known song and there's people are leading us in that song and there's words up on a screen, there's something powerful when we're, when we're allowing it to be something that flows from our own spirit. If you, if you want to look at this verse with me, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the Apostle Paul is giving instructions to the church in Corinth. And he's talking to them about the move of the Holy Spirit and chapter 12 is all about how the Holy Spirit will will manifest Himself and He'll make Himself known and these wonderful gifts that begin to happen. And then in, in chapter 13, it's just all about love. And I love how he takes these manifestations and these gifts and then he goes on to say what should happen in the church. But in the middle of all of that is like, it's all gotta be out of love this unconditional love where it's not about you, it's not about pride, it's not about anything else, it's just like, no, it's about love. But look what he says in, in, uh, in chapter 14, verse 15 of 1 Corinthians. He goes, well, what shall we do? He says, well, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray in the Spirit, but I'm also gonna pray in words that I understand. And I'm gonna sing in the Spirit, but I'm also gonna sing with words that I understand. That there's times where it's like I know what I'm saying and I, like he's, he's challenging those and, and maybe some of, some of us here have experienced that, that, uh, uh, that other baptism where there's just the Holy Spirit is, is moving on the inside of us and there's times where we might pray or we might sing in a language that we don't understand but that's what the Apostle Paul's saying is like this is, this is about me and God. This is about me and my relationship with my Father. It's not, even this, it's not for anyone else to hear. Like when when I romance my wife, it's not for anyone else to hear. When I'm saying things to her that are intimate and my care and my love for her, now it's one thing when I'm walking through the kitchen and my kids are around, like I love you, honey. I love you, babe. Like that's different. But when there's when there's intimacy and I'm close to her, it's like it's for her ears only. My love my expression of that, I love to her. It's for her. And worship isn't for us to be seen by anybody. Yes, there's corporate worship and, and there's a, a beautiful energy and atmosphere that happens in corporate worship where us as a family or a body of believers are together, we're, we're, we're expressing our hearts to God. That's powerful and it's important and it's vital. And a lot of what the Apostle Paul is even talking about here in 1 Corinthians 14 is that for, other, for us, those of us that have... Cross that line of faith, and we have said yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, we call Him our Lord and our Savior, and He has cleansed us from all of our sin, and He has entered on the inside of us. Man, there's something powerful about when all of us gather together in worship and expression to God, His presence draws in, and actually what He says, if there are unbelievers amongst you in that moment that have not crossed that line of faith, they're actually drawn to God because of our worship and our expression, because it's not, we're not trying to be seen. We're not trying to be no, we're we're, we're not trying to be like Lucifer, who in his worship was trying to draw attention to himself. No, in my worship, even though you might see me, I'm not doing it for you to see. I'm not doing it for your glance. I'm doing it because I want my God to see it, and I want him to be honored. I want him to be ministered to by it, and that's worship. And it changes us. It changes the atmosphere. So it will always be heartfelt or spirit-filled. Number four, Again, it's to him, not about him. I know I've said that a few times, but it's to him, not about him. Worship shifts in us and with God when we shift. And we say, God, I just worship you. God, you're so good. You begin to call out his his attributes. God, thank you that you just never leave me. I know I'm talking it. But if I was to sing it, like, God, you, you are good, Lord. And again, I might have a singing voice, and it's, it's great for it, this, but when you're by yourself, just to let it become a song. You love me, God. You're so good. How I worship you. You've forgiven me. You've washed me. Like, it becomes Vulnerable. Right? If I was to call one of you up here, number one, the, the, the primary fear in every one of us is public speaking. Did you know that? Like as a public speaker, I'm like, come on, that can't be it. But if I asked you to just to say a couple things and give you a card to read it, you're like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, now sing that. you would be like, no way. Like, because we become vulnerable in that moment. We become open. And there's an intimacy with God. And again, it it doesn't change God. He's unchanging, changes us. And we're way more open to his presence, to his voice, and to his leading. So let it be to him. Talk to him, sing to him, worship him. Number five, it's full of gratitude and thanksgiving. It is full of gratitude and thanksgiving. I've asked the the worship team to kind of get ready and just kind of play underneath us. But when you think of gratitude, this heart after God, God, thank you. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for caring for me. I want to give you a, a very practical tool that will help you in this. Um, I use Spotify, but I'm sure you can find um, him. His name is William Augusto, and there's several other um, instrumental worship um, artists out there, but William Augusto, they're, they're kind of like pads. There's one that's, I think it's close to, it's like hours. <laughs> and you can just play it. Sometimes I, I, I just have that, just the instrumental keys and a, a pad kind of playing under my Bible reading under my prayer, but it, it, it adds to this opportunity and this, this need to worship and, and let it be a, a singing vocal expression. It, it helps, it's just a tool that could help you. But it's full of gratitude. God, thank you. God, thank you for saving me. When's the last time that you really felt just so thankful for your salvation? That you're not in sin anymore? That when God looks at you, he sees his son. He sees what Jesus has done. Like there's something, like if if you have lost the joy of your salvation, it, it might just be that you just need to spend a little bit of time just thanking God. Thank you, God, that you have washed me clean, that you have removed all of my sin as far as the east is from the west. God, thank you, God. You've forgiven me, Lord. He's washed you. He's cleansed you. He's changed us. It's full of gratitude. It's full of thanksgiving. And then the sixth one is this. And this is at the end of Ephesians 5 where we were looking at it. But it's submission of our own desires and rights. Not even necessarily to God. But even to others. See, submission in its simplest form is laying down our rights, even when we're right or when we think we're right. But we're laying down our rights for what's right for the relationship. Isn't it interesting that Jesus many times would talk about how, how we worship him. If, if when you come into a time of worship or come into a time of prayer and you recognize that your relationship with someone else is not okay, before you begin to truly just even lean in and worship, go and take care of that relationship. Like he would say, leave your gift at the altar, go and reconcile and then come back. Because submission means that it's gonna cause me to make sure that my relationships with other people are in a good place, are in a right place. And that my relationship this way with God is in direct proportion to my ability to relate with people this way. And if I say, oh, I don't need people, I don't need people. You do, I do. Because every time we're around somebody else that's different than us, it causes us, there's friction. And, and it means that there's probably some things in us that are going to need to change so that we can actually engage more in our relationship with God. But there is a submission of our own desires and rights to others. And again, this is why Lucifer fell. Because he wanted, he was unwilling to submit and to lay down his rights, what he wanted for what was right for the relationship ultimately it's this is that you and i need to be listening to what the holy spirit is saying listening to what the holy spirit is saying church can i pray for us would you close your eyes just for a moment in this room god wants us he wants our worship because he wants our heart and what's something that's happening even on the inside of you right now where we talk about this idea of, of listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying? I want to encourage you right now, no matter where you can do this, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, some of us just have a little bit more experience with, with communicating with the Holy Spirit and hearing Him whisper things to us, but right where you are right now, just ask the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you speak to me right now? Would you lead me right now? What is a step that you want me to take So that I can grow in this discipline of worship. What is a step that you want me to take? Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for your your sons and your daughters right now. I pray for your church. I pray for Anchor Church, God. And I ask that that you would begin to stir up a spiritual hunger on the inside of them personally for more of you and corporately for more of you. That as they grow in their personal worship, they'll grow in their corporate worship in a room like this on a Sunday morning so that every man, woman, boy, and girl that steps into this room that encounters your presence will be drawn in as a result not just of your presence but your presence being here because there's more of us that are worshiping you and leaning into you. God, would you help us? Help us when we're on our own. Help us not to go from Sunday to Sunday but God, help us to truly worship you throughout our day and throughout our week, letting a song, a hymn, a spiritual song come up on the inside of us to honor you. With every head bowed and every eye closed still, right where you are, if we're talking about worshiping God and worshiping Jesus, it's, it's impossible to truly worship Him heartfelt if you've never surrendered your life to Him. It's hard to have a heart-filled, a spirit-filled worship when he's not living on the inside of you yet. And so at the sound of my voice, if you have if never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if, if you recognize that there's sin, that you are a sinner and sin is separating you from God and you no longer want to be separated, then this is your moment right here. To receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to have him come into your heart, to wash you clean, to make you clean, to remove all of your sin and your shame as far as the east is from the west and to become your Savior and to become your Lord. Will you surrender your life to him? If that's you, I want to pray for you. And I'm not not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand or come forward. But simply right where you are on the count of three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And all I'm going to do on the count of three when you raise your hand is I'm just going to lead us all together in a prayer. And so if that's you and you say, Pastor Dan, please pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior on the count of three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Just lift your hand up right now. And I'm going to pray for you if that's you. Anybody at all amen father right now in jesus name i pray that you would just continue to lead us god for that we would continue to see men and women young and old coming into a vibrant vital relationship with jesus god we commit our time to you right now in the name of jesus we pray if you agree that would you say amen amen come on can we celebrate god today he's so good come on you put your hands together let's just worship him
0: Thank you, Dan. That was awesome. Can we give it up for Pastor Dan? That was awesome. Amazing word. Amazing word. Um, There's not really anything I need to add to that. He said it all. God God just wants our hearts. He wants more of your heart today than he had yesterday. And guess what? Tomorrow, he wants more than he has today. He just wants your heart. And I think a lot of that can begin in our worship today us surrendering. It can begin by laying down our own desires, submitting our own rights. The one thing he does not own is your heart. He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? There's, he has every resource he needs. He owns everything except your heart. That is for you to give him. And that's where the intimacy come, comes from, like Pastor Dan was saying. He just wants your heart, but he's the, I say it all the time, he's the perfect gentleman, he's never gonna take it from you. His desire is that you offer it to him. So this week, as we, um, as we go, um, I just have a couple of, of next steps. I don't have a slide for you this week. Um, so, so try, to, try to remember. We'll put up a slide on, on uh, some, social, some of the social media sites later. But just a couple of next steps. The first next, next step is, is this week I'll worship. I'll take time to worship the Lord on my own. Whether you're in your car or whether you're in your bedroom, getting ready to go to bed, whatever. Like just carve out some time to worship him out loud from your heart. That's all he wants. He just wants you. The, the second next step, this week I'll memorize Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it's it's a long one, but it's it's so good. It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him giving him your life, giving him your life. And then the the last next step, this week, I'll invite somebody to church with me. I'll invite somebody to church with me. We, we want to know God more, but we also want to make him known. And one of the easy ways to do that is just invite somebody, somebody to church with you. So um, let me pray for you one last time, and then we can uh, be dismissed. God, we love you. Father, we love you. And we're here for you, Father God. I pray, God, that as as we we go today and as we go about our week this week, that that you would continue to draw us nearer to yourself, but God, teach us how to submit ourselves to you. Teach us how to lay down our lives for you as worship. God, teach us how to to be more intimate uh, in relationship with you, God. We want to know you more, God. We want to know you more deeply, and I just pray father that you would draw us this week and finally may you continually worship god from your heart may you experience deeper intimacy with him as you submit yourself to him more and may your life minister to the lord amen Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here, church. Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. Let's give it up for Pastor Dan one more time. Awesome, Pastor Dan. Thank you. Have a great week. We will see you next Sunday.